You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You know that's fake hair, right? And fake teeth, and maybe even a fake election, who knows? We got a fake president. And this moment, the uncertainty with all these crazy balloons, whatever they are, China's responsibility, the very real threat to the homeland, we go from letting that one balloon sail all the way across the continent to we've got the Battle of Britain every 15 minutes without a hint of leadership from Joe. No leadership, no explanation, no thoughts, no guidance, no empathy. Wasn't he supposed to be good at the empathy? Probably because there's no political points to be made right now. Joe gets pretty passionate when it's time to blame MAGA for something. Uh, But we've seen blaming China, faulting China. No, that's not something Joe does. He's oddly very, very respectful. But I can think of 77 million reasons why he is so respectful, can't you? And uh, let's have a bonus of 17,000 other reasons. I've spent more time with Xi Jinping, at least before we got out, than any world leader has. I've traveled 17,000 miles with him, the president of China. What a strange thing to brag about. The only constituency I can think of that would be impressed by the 17,000 miles with President Xi are Hunter's clients. All right. You know the phrase, something is so obvious you can see it from space. You can literally see these balloons from space. All right. So uh, a lot of things happened over this weekend. None of it good late this afternoon that fighter jets have taken down another object over American airspace. The White House revealed just this afternoon that an F-22 fighter jet shot down another object flying over Alaska. We begin this hour with more breaking news. Yet another shootdown of a high-altitude object. This one confirmed a short time ago in the skies over the Yukon and northern Canada. And just yesterday, there was another shootdown by fighters over Lake Huron. Objects. And by the way, they're getting closer to my neck of the woods, your neck of the woods, too. We're all we're all a little bit. I think it's wise to be uneasy right now. And objects, objects, unidentified flying objects, UFO. It's a logical question to ask. Even the uh, the New York Times is asking that. And the Pentagon is not denying it. Because you still haven't been able to tell us what these things are that we are shooting out of the sky, uh, that raises the question, um, have you ruled out aliens or extraterrestrials? And if so, why? Because that is what everyone is asking us right now. And thanks for the question, Helene. I'll let the intel community and the uh, counterintelligence community 
figured that out. I haven't ruled out anything uh, at this point. We continue to assess uh, every threat or potential threat unknown that approaches North America uh, with an attempt to identify it. The New York Times, a four-star general, openly entertaining the idea that this could be a UFO extraterrestrial. They're not saying no. Isn't this a moment for presidential leadership? Clear up the confusion, do something. He runs to church. He goes to church, and then he runs right back to his SUV and and does whatever he does on the weekends. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, but... Isn't this why you become president for moments like these? Now, I'm told or we're told that behind the scenes, don't worry about it. Joe is he's all over this one. Because it's so unprecedented, um, should the public be hearing from the president directly on this? Uh, we have been, uh, uh, I think, as transparent as we can be. I, I won't speak for the president's uh, uh, personal uh, speaking schedule, but I mean, he has been deeply engaged in uh, every one of these decisions. He's been kept informed, including as of this morning, on uh, what's going on with recovery efforts. Um, and uh, and uh, he's very much staying on top of the issue and, uh, and directing his team to make sure we are properly consulting and briefing not just members of Congress, but state leaders as well. And of course, you know, we're also doing what we can in the, in the public sphere. Ah, wow, are you impressed? Behind the scenes, Joe is even worse than he is on TV. Why don't they say something about his speaking schedule? What about his leadership schedule? This isn't just about PR. This is also about our safety. And did you see this? Green lasers believed to be coming from Chinese satellites. According to Japanese scientists, these were beamed at Earth, specifically Hawaii, by Chinese satellites. What is this all about? Failing to lead at a moment like this is a dereliction of duty. Maybe not in the legal sense, but morally, yeah, this is what I was told once. The presidency is all about these kinds of moments, being ready for them. It's 3 a.m. and your children are safe and asleep. But there's a phone in the White House and it's ringing. Something's happening in the world. Your vote will decide who answers that call. Whether it's someone who already knows the world's leaders, knows the military, someone tested and ready to lead in a dangerous world. It's 3 a.m. and your children are safe and asleep. Who do you want answering the phone? I'm Hillary Clinton and I approve this message. All right, that's almost worse than the Chinese balloon, that notion. But uh, I will admit that's probably better than Joe. I don't know. You know who we want on the phone? Our guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Joe's not taking phone calls. He is busy relaxing. Relaxing. I wonder if he was relaxing um, when Putin was on the verge of invading Ukraine a year ago. Was he available for that 3 a.m. phone call? You know, 62% of the American people believe that there would be no Ukraine invasion if Trump were still in office. And I don't have a polling number, but I do know this, Afghanistan, <laughs> we would not have seen these images had President Trump been in office. So that's how I feel. How does Joe Biden feel? Well, we had the Super Bowl yesterday. Traditionally, that's where we hear from the president. Great big interview. 
Bill O'Reilly did them with Barack Obama. You know, let's face it, Bill O'Reilly was probably not um, Barack Obama's cup of tea, but they had uh, good conversations. Uh, Donald Trump sat down with Margaret Brennan one year of the fake CBS News. That actually went well. And when it comes to uh, our fake POTUS, he dodges it. He just finds an excuse. I can't remember. There was something with Fox Soul. Somebody lost an email. He didn't sit down. Why wouldn't he? 100 million people watch that damn Super Bowl in this country alone. Billion overseas. No, no. And maybe <laughs> who watched it, by the way? Can we talk about the Super Bowl just for a moment? Uh, great game. The Rihanna part. The um, I did not need this. Look, I was in the service. I've seen a lot of things. I've been all over the world. And there are some things that should not be happening on Sunday night TV. This... Last year, these three criminals, not Mary Kay Blige, uh, but the rest of them. <laughs> I'm sorry, they're out now criminals jumping around. And we're supposed to say that this is it's just fine. Now, I don't I'm not saying we have to go full on cornball like we did in the 90s. NFL, uh, Charlie Brown, Snoopy, and New Orleans get together to celebrate uh, a lot of things there. Uh, maybe there's a happy medium between this and the Sunday night entertainment. Entertainment we've been seeing lately, like last week at the Grammys. Uh, there are kids all across the country. They were still having nightmares about Sam Smith and whatever this was all about. Uh, bad stuff, bad stuff. Oh, Sunday night TV. Sunday, that's for the family, okay? It really is, but we're losing it like we're, like we're losing the family. Anybody remember Wild Kingdom? Welcome to Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. Today we are bringing you a special wildlife report on shark behavior during which a scientist deliberately provokes shark attack while riding in this small underwater vehicle called a wet submersible. Wasn't that great? You couldn't do that today, though. You couldn't provoke the shark. Yeah, you probably couldn't provoke the shark, but that was great. And I know every generation thinks that, well, it was better before, and this generation doesn't get it, but... I really don't think America gets it right now when they say that this is a civil right. This guy hanging around with our kids is somehow someone's civil right. Now, that's a monster. That's a monster. Let's look at civil rights. Beautiful civil rights. Who remembers this image, huh? Uh, I think her name is Ruby Bridges. She was six years old. It's one of the, my favorite images of all time. The federal government coming in and saying, this young girl will be educated. This happened in New Orleans. To hell with your racist segregation. She's going to school. Later immortalized by Norman Rockwell. These are the kinds of things that make America, America. Not monsters. Okay? All right. When we come back, that weird fire, the, the train fire, and it's happening all over the country. We'll be right back.
So President Trump has proven himself to be cancel proof, and I love it. But what about prosecution proof? There are highly unethical, overzealous prosecutors that have convinced themselves that going after Trump on trumped up charges is somehow righteous. Now, the man you'll see here, Michael Pomerantz, he exemplifies the uh, weaponization of the justice system to get Trump. Um, the specifics are actually not all that relevant because no one's actually going to read the book. And here's how it works. This guy writes a book, then he goes on all the right TV shows, 60 Minutes, Meet the Press, Today Show, all of that stuff. He says a bunch of stuff. Uh, Trump committed crimes. Trump is bad. Trump's a jerk. Basically unchallenged by the people who are talking to him because they didn't read the book. And to the extent that he is challenged, fake news journalists are just worried that the book will jeopardize the ultimate prosecution of Trump, which is something they want. The truth is, this Pomerantz guy, this man, is an unscrupulous Trump hater who worked for free seven days a week, 16 hours a day, trying to find something, anything on Trump. Now, the lawyers he worked with are not impressed, by the way. Uh, more on that in a moment. But Alan Weisselberg, who's in prison tonight for not filing tax returns uh, on expenses. He got a company car. He didn't file a tax return on it, and he's in jail for that. Listen to how this lawyer can convince himself that he's a good guy and this man's a criminal. If Weisselberg were prepared to tell us the unvarnished truth about his dealings with Donald Trump, that might give him a way to avoid indictment, conviction, and imprisonment. Right there. If he talks about Trump... We'll see to it that he doesn't go to jail. But these guys, he's confused because at one point he might have been an ethical lawyer and he still has those impulses from time to time. Watch what he says later in the book. We didn't bring the criminal case to pressure Weisselberg. We brought it because we thought he had committed serious crimes. Not filing expenses on the, on the not filing a tax return on the company car. Right. This is this is a problem. And there are so many guys out there just like this man. Um, and he convinces himself, even though he hates Trump, which he does admit, that that doesn't affect his judgment. Nor was there any conversation about politics, about the 2020 election, the stop the steal shenanigans, or whether Trump needed to be prosecuted because his behavior as president was repugnant to us or to others. Repugnant. That is quite a word, repugnant. Uh, and then basically in the same breath, he goes on to say that Donald Trump's repugnant behavior didn't impact his decision making. The political implications of a prosecution were simply out of bounds and irrelevant to our conversations. All of that, all of that. To the, not, not, we're not about politics. We're all about justice, the pursuit of justice. Now, a lot of this came down to, oh, uh, real estate executives, have you ever bought or sold property? Maybe you want your house to sell for a certain amount. Maybe you get it, maybe you don't. Maybe you get more. Listen to this, please. Real estate moguls commonly overstate their wealth. Perhaps this ought not be the basis for a criminal case without a flesh and blood victim. 
Oh, but he wants to make it a crime. Oh, and there is no victim. The banks got paid. Overvaluing your property. You know, if you say your house is worth something and somebody is ready to pay that, then it's worth that, right? And maybe you don't get that. Maybe you have to lower the price. So right now, Donald Trump is being sued by the attorney general who's uh, in cahoots with this guy, attorney general of New York State, over the valuation of Donald Trump's properties, some of them. Let's start with 40 Wall Street. This comes up in the litigation. 40 Wall Street, Donald Trump acquired it in 2011. Uh, and how much? How much did he say this is worth? $524 million. Now, they all lose their minds about this figure. Oh, my God, there's no way it's worth that much money. No way. What do these people know? They've never purchased a building of this size. They don't know what they're talking about. I did the comps. I think that's what they call it in real estate. What other properties sold for around that time. And let's go through it. Similar square footage. These are iconic Manhattan buildings. Some of them, 230 Park Avenue in 2011. 750 million. Wasn't valued. It actually sold for that much. Uh, let's see. Next we have, uh, ooh, this is a very nice building. Uh, 500, a half billion dollars. And then one, actually, a few years before, went for well over a billion dollars, almost two billion dollars. Manhattan real estate is crazy. What did Donald Trump put? 40 Wall Street, which for a time was one of the tallest buildings, actually still is one of the tallest buildings in Manhattan, 524 million. It's not crazy. He's operating at a level that these lawyers could never comprehend, but they want to. They're jealous. And that's a big, big underlying current in all the Trump derangement. I'll be right back. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere. All I can say... Is, is that, that the that fake, fake news, news just, just doesn't, doesn't get, get it. it, do they? Uh, they hey, I like Ron DeSantis. I even like him for president. Someday, not in 2024, okay? I think you should wait. 2032, 2036, 2040, 2054. 30 years from now, he could be running for president. And he'll be the same age in 30 years as Donald Trump is right now. Uh, anyway, they're coming after him, the fake news, for the moment, they're pretending to like him just a little bit, cutting him some slack, using him as a foil to get the Trump. Uh, listen to this on CNN yesterday. The primary is definitely on, the Republican primary. And Donald Trump retruthed on his social media website a real smear against uh, Governor DeSantis. I'm not even going to repeat it, but it was, a, it was a real smear. Wow, he can't even repeat it on the prestigious CNN how bad could it have been? Let's take a look. Uh, all right. So that's Ron DeSantis, we're told, in the middle there. It, look, it's from a million years ago. It's from uh, he was a teacher at a boarding school, and he's with some people there. Donald Trump sees this on the Internet and uh, kind of says, OK, no way. Did this really happen? What's going on? What's this all about? DeSantis was having a drink party with the students. Ooh, students. Were they students? No way. Well, you heard what Tapper said there. Oh, my gosh. How could he have done something like this? Well, where did this story come from? The New York Times. It came from the New York Times. Pranks, parties, politics. Ron DeSantis' school year as a school teacher. Uh, now, before I 
get into this. This is a reality he's going to have to deal with. There are going to be a million stories like this. I very much believe that DeSantis can be president and should be president someday. Um, but this stuff comes out. I don't think he did anything wrong, but this is what the New York Times said. Several students recall that Mr. DeSantis was a frequent presence at parties with the seniors who lived in town. Remember, he was a teacher at the time. Two former students, both women, remembered him attending at least two parties where alcohol was served, but they said that the parties took place after graduation and that they were not bothered by his presence at the time. Although they question it now. Sure enough, the New York Times comes along. He's a Republican. It was his first job out of Yale. He was cute. We didn't really think too much about it, one of the former students said. Most spoke about socializing with him on the condition of anonymity because they feared backlash for speaking publicly about it. Last year, a blog put out by a Democratic super PAC published a photograph of Mr. DeSantis taken with several female students. We just looked at that from Darlington, the academy in 2002, one of whom was holding what appeared to be a bottle of beer. Wow, this is politics. <laughs> 21 years ago, there was a person drinking a beer. But remember how CNN couched this. This is the New York Times. This is their Bible. What do they say about it again? The primary is definitely on, the Republican primary. And Donald Trump re-truthed on his social media website a real smear against uh, Governor DeSantis. I'm not even going to repeat it, but it was, a, it was a real smear. All right. Lighten up, Francis. Uh, the New York Times already did it, and uh, that's, that's fake. That's fake news right there. That's fake uh, I'm above it all. All right. The Super Bowl, great game, right? Fantastic game. Uh... Did you know that they sang the Black National Anthem? There are only three people in all of America who know the lyrics to the Black National Anthem before the real National Anthem. Very strange. And this is also a strange habit that broadcasters have and a lot of people in politics. Have you noticed? Take a look. Our country's first black woman vice president swore in his son, Georgia's first black United States senator. I stand on many shoulders as the first, the first black mayor. Maryland's first black governor. The first black president of the United States. Finally getting a fresh new face. Judge Katanji Brown Jackson cementing her place in history, becoming the first black woman to be confirmed to the Supreme Court. The, does it really matter anymore? I don't know. Uh, it, it doesn't seem like it's worth pointing out. That's how I feel. I notice that they're always screaming that Pete Buttigieg is the first openly gay cabinet secretary, although he isn't, oh, by the way, first openly gay Democrat cabinet secretary. This guy is strangely, strangely aloof. You know, we have this so many crises from the balloons to that train on fire in Ohio that nobody can get to the bottom of. And uh, this guy, our secretary of transportation, is running around worried about skin color to work with your contractors, uh, to work with your community colleges on building a workforce that reflects the community. Right. We have heard way too many stories from generations past of infrastructure where you got a, a neighborhood, often a neighborhood of color, that finally sees the project come to them, but everyone in the hard hats on that project looking like, uh, uh, you know, doing, doing the good-paying jobs don't look like they came from anywhere near the neighborhood. Right. You can build community wealth that will help close wealth gaps in this country. 
if we can tear down those barriers. But that happens at the delivery level. Stories. That's the important line there. Stories. We've heard stories of this. Has he been around any construction sites, say, in the last 10, 15, 20 years? There's a lot of diversity there. A lot. And that's good. But look, he has an agenda and he has preferred narratives. He also has preferred means of travel. The Secretary of Transportation doesn't like flying on regular planes like you and me. This is his office. And take a look closely what his knickknacks are. That is Marine One. Okay, the, I guess he got to fly on it a couple of times with President Biden. What else? Oh, that is a specialized Osprey, part of the same squadron, HMX One. You can only, you got to be a cabinet secretary. And I think there might even be an Air Force One somewhere in his office as well. They're all about the perks, not the actual job. All right, have you heard about Vice Media? I'm not the biggest fan, but they're doing this new feature where they bring in a conservative to state their views on race amid a bunch of liberals, and it's really cool. Statistically, it is true that Asians, right, on average, make more money, like in terms of medium, make more money, better test scores, get into better colleges, all that stuff. I think the question is, why is that? And I don't know if model minority, whatever that label wants That's to be. That's actually a not, myth because not, we cannot be... Um... Well, no, listen, well, let me finish my point. We need to observe what makes people successful and unsuccessful. And I think when you look at trends that are generally true in the Asian community, not of everyone, but are generally true, usually you have families that are sticking together. You have, um, you know, people are taught to work hard in school, not get into trouble. I think that translates to why Asians en masse are successful. And I don't think you have to be Asian or white for that matter to not have kids out of wedlock, not, you know, commit crime, not, not cause trouble, what whatever happening? it is. It's just a matter of like, well, common sense. That's what makes people successful. And if that's so-called assimilation, having a nuclear family, buying a house, going to school, whatever it is, then yeah, okay, call me a pro-assimilation then. I think there's a difference between assimilation and erasure. Yes. I love the reaction, everybody in the room. He is speaking such truth, common sense, and they can't handle it. They can't handle the truth. Uh, but good on Vice Media for putting this out there. I liked it. Give me a moment. I'll be right back. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N ads.com. Hey guys, it's Carson. Are you looking to protect your money from Biden's America? Yeah, me too. Well, right now you can get up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last just by taking action in today's uncertain times. That's exactly why I partnered with a great company, Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. Gold Co. is a six-time, 5,000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year with thousands of five-star reviews and have helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. If you call them today, qualified callers get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. Don't pass this up. Not while companies are laying off workers by tens of thousands and Chinese spy balloons are drifting over our country consequence-free. 
protect yourself from Biden's America and see if you're eligible for up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. Here's the number, 855-735-3740. That's 855-735-3740 for Gold Co. Well, there's Joe Biden. Uh... What is he doing? Well, he's not criticizing China again all weekend long, keeping a very low profile. How low profile can you be when you're the president of the United States? Look, my theory, and it's shared by some, is that he has $77 million at least to not criticize China. You get it? All that money that went to Penn when he had that uh, phony baloney Penn Biden Center. Uh, Look, there are balloons, there are objects that are being spotted and shot down now all over the place. We have not seen anything like this, I think, in the history of the United States, in the history of NORAD, the the, the strategic command. What is happening and China's role? Well, let's go to Michael Pillsbury, senior fellow for China strategy at the Heritage Foundation. He's the author of The 100-Year Marathon, China's Secret Strategy to Replace America as the Global Superpower. And he's had senior jobs in government going to back to the Reagan administration. Sir, welcome back. Great to see you. How are you? Fine, thank you, Greg. I'm enjoying this uh, Chinese balloon show very much. <laughs> All right, so you're not you're not scared. I, I feel like they have so much upper hand right now. Give us your sense. What's happening? Why? What what does this all mean? Well, I've written three books on China, which if you're not careful, I'm gonna mail you three free copies. And I focus in part on how they see us, how they see our weaknesses, how they want to undermine us, what their plan is, the long-term plan to replace us. And the balloon fits into that because it's becoming pretty obvious now from two Air Force generals, two four-star generals, one today, one several days ago, have admitted we missed this balloon. Either our radar wasn't up to it or we were looking in the wrong place or, worst of all, we didn't think the Chinese could do this. Our intelligence community that I'm sorry to say I was once part of, has a long history of underestimating the Chinese. They're just not that smart. They can't innovate. You know, they have no future. This, is, this has been the conventional wisdom for 50 years. So what we're seeing now is they've exploited an opening. They were able to come in, we don't know how many times in the past, loiter over significant military targets like ICBM fields, where you want to know the exact location, the dimension, the silos, for, for nuclear targeting. They've been doing this for quite a long time. The people who took the photos in Montana caused this whole thing to start. You and I would have advised President Biden, look, just say this happened before. We're sorry. We're going to do better job now looking for incoming balloons or even missiles. But that wasn't done. They sort of sought to cover the whole thing up. And then worse than that, to play it down. So President Biden goes on PBS NewsHour and tries to play this down as nothing but a minor violation of our airspace. So, in fact, there's a rumor that his secretary of state wanted to go to China anyway, despite the balloon penetration as of as of Wednesday. So this is a this is very dangerous for Biden and the Republicans because they saw how Donald Trump in 2016 really raised and exploited the China issue. His own guys counted, he said, 16 times, Greg, China is raping our country. He'd get standing applause. He demonized China quite effectively. Hillary Clinton's defeat may have been in part, maybe even in large part, because of what Trump had to say about China. 
the public doesn't trust China. They see all of our jobs going there. They don't like them. But basically, the Biden team is now stuck with this pro-China uh, mantra on their foreheads. And they just can't do anything tough. And the military, our military in the Pentagon, seems to be abandoning the White House. They seem to be telling the truth. We missed these balloons. Now they may have accidentally, if you saw Secretary of Defense uh, Austin's press conference, he's admitting we don't know what these second, third, and fourth objects were. All right. They could have been scientific experiments. I thought, so, if I may, I thought that whole, the whole argument about missing the balloon, well, that there were balloons under Trump, I thought that was just political cover for, for Biden. That, yes. I, I, that's how I read that. It, yes, it was a nice try to say, well, this Trump let them go too. But then there were more leaks, probably from our military, who want the truth to come out. And they said, we pieced together after Trump left office, we pieced together that there had been these balloon penetrations off Florida, Guam, Hawaii, and elsewhere. Well, but it, none of the Trump people remember anything like this. I understand. Sir, let me, uh, so if what your analysis, and it sounds spot on to me, I want to run this by you from Chuck Schumer yesterday. Take a look. Yes. I think the Chinese were humiliated. I think the Chinese were caught lying. And I think it's a real it's it's a real step back for them because they look really bad. And they're not just doing the United States. This is a crew of balloons. We saw one in South America. They've probably been all over the world. Uh, sir, that sounds like the ultimate spin job, con job. What do you make? What do you make of those comments from the majority leader? No less. I totally disagree, I totally disagree with respect with Senator Schumer. Chinese are not humiliated. They're looking powerful all over the world. They are playing up this story that we penetrated the great Americans airspace. Our balloon could loiter over ICBM fields or making fun of us. And this is part of the larger narrative that China has been putting out the last five or six years, that the balance of power in the world has changed. And now China is, has surpassed America in many ways. And there's more to come. So this is the theme. So Chuck Schumer is a brilliant politician. I remember he, when Trump put the tariffs on, Chuck Schumer went on the networks immediately. So these tariffs aren't high enough. So Chuck Schumer is very aware Democrats could lose elections if they look like they're soft on China. So they got, they've got to block these investigations of Hunter's laptop and, and so forth. So, so then that's why that's why they can't pivot. I mean, Joe Biden could, if he were a leader, if he were uncompromised, could just get tough on China. I mean, it worked. It's a good policy. It worked for Trump. The people want it. Is that why he won't do it? Is that why he can't pivot? Heritage Foundation's got a long list of measures we think should be taken on China. We're going to go public next month. Biden has access to these kind of measures. He, he could go on tonight and say, this is a terrible invasion. I'm banning TikTok. I'm cutting back trade with China. I'm cutting investment in China. You know what's happening, Greg, is the opposite. TikTok, TikTok's parent company, ByteDance, turned in record profits. We're increasing American investment in China, and we're increasing American trade with China. So we're going in the opposite direction of what Trump was warning about uh, four or five years ago and during the 2016 election. This is very dangerous for Democrats. They could lose 2024 over China. Well, and the country could be lost somehow. So bottom line, do you, my, my sense is Joe Biden is compromised. His 
he's not working for the best interests of America right now. And I think it, I think the laptop and Hunter and all that stuff. Do you agree with that? I think something strange is happening. I knew him when he was a senator. I traveled with him on trips overseas. He was a real hawk on human rights and dictatorship. Something funny is going on with him in China. I don't pretend to know what it is, but he has lots of quotes on the record from 10 or 20 years ago that China is an evil dictatorship. We have to stand up for human rights and religious freedom. That seems to be gone. It's a new Joe Biden. Ever something happened in the last five to 10 years. I don't pretend to know what it is, but I'm certainly in favor of hearings to find out uh, why he changed his views on China. Well, I can think of at least 77 million reasons. All that money that went to the University of Pennsylvania. That's a that's a lot of cash. All right. Well, listen, Mr. Pillsbury, thank you very, very much. Michael Pillsbury, you can catch him at the Heritage Foundation and his book, One of the Three. I've got the title right here, The Hundred Year Marathon. Are you really going to send me those books? You just nod your head, yes. The books will be in the mail tomorrow. All right, please. And I'll send you mine. Uh, thank you very much, and we'll thank be right you. back. Thank, thank you. you. I know a lot of people have a lot of questions given the activity over the weekend, so I wanted to take a minute uh, to give you the latest on where we stand and what All we All right, know. that's uh, the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin. And by the way, uh, that's a piece of information that Joe Biden does not know. He can never recall his Secretary of Defense's name. He's blown it a whole bunch of times. The Secretary of Defense didn't say all that much. Uh, quite frankly, he seems in over his head. Uh, the Chinese won't even take his phone call right now. Look, we got a crisis. We have these incidents popping up all over the place. And uh, what's happening? What's our next move? What does this mean? Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, retired United States Army uh, National Security Advisor to the Trump 2020 campaign, president of Project Sentinel, a non-government organization aimed at forming policies based on the values of the American Revolution. Sir, welcome back. How are you? Great, Garrett. Greg, great to join you. Good to be on. Thanks for having me. You bet. Hey, first of all, on Secretary Austin, boy, oh boy, uh, he's not yeah. impressing anybody these days. Seems so listless and weird. So, look, I worked for the man in Afghanistan. And, Greg, I wish I could report he was better there, but he wasn't. Uh, he worked with Stan McChrystal. Uh, he just was not the right guy for the job. I think uh, he was over his head as a brigadier general. He's over his head as SecDef. And I think uh, that some of the chaos we're seeing regarding the mixed messaging, the unclear briefings, uh, the muddle that we're seeing is coming because he personally, I don't think, can get a handle on how to manage this very complex process. And I think it's, it's very clear that's part of what's going on here. What do you think is going on in terms of these objects? Are they... I, I mentioned earlier, like this is somehow an effort to make um, uh, Joe Biden look tougher after a week of no indecision and weirdness there. Uh, I mean, are these objects, uh, are, they, are they real? Is this genuine? Are they a threat? What, what's happening? So the first one, the balloon, was obviously real, and that's been verified. These others, uh, Greg, we just don't know. Uh, part of the issue is that this has been going on for a while. Now, John Kirby today really blew this briefing. He basically said, oh, yeah, yes, 
we, not the Trump folks, have figured this out. Uh, but then again, then he admits that they weren't prepared to actually deal with the Chinese blimp that came over. It's like it, it, he contradicts himself constantly. And that just adds to the chaos. I will say this. I started off this morning on Indian uh, national TV and I finished on Australian national TV. Greg, they both have the same issues. They have had uh, penetrations of their airspace like this for going up for some time now. And I know for a fact, although DOD is not talking about it, we've had incidents in Guam, Hawaii, the Baja and other places. So DOD's only reporting on those incidents where they engage. So this is a, something going on. And if you look at the technology, the means available to deliver the technology and the motivation to do it, I still all, I believe all roads lead back to China at this point. All right. So um, by the way, the laser beams that are coming down observed by Japanese scientists. Now, some of this stuff I thought was amusing initially, quite frankly, but these laser beams coming from China satellites, this is right. This is a whole new realm. Um, what could this possibly be? Why would they be doing this? What are these things? So, and it happened in Hawaii too. There's two things that I believe it could be. First, these things could be used for targeting. One of the things we recognize, Greg, is they have, the Chinese have 300 satellites in orbit right now. About about one third of those are designated for offensive purposes. That is to say, on call, these things can be used to degrade our GPS and our global communications and global global uh, reconnaissance systems. So we know that those those are set aside for that. This could be related to that. Secondly, this could be something uh, relating to intelligence collection where they're actually using lasers for purposes of targeting their weapon systems. Again, uh, the the Clintons. Uh, Bill Gertz wrote a book called Betrayal. Uh, the Clintons gave the Chinese very sophisticated uh, multiple reentry vehicle technology during the 90s. So uh, they, the Chinese have been working on developing new classes of nuclear weapons. This could be part of the effort to kind of map and, 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 and figure out how they would use those things and if they ever have to. Chinese are pointing their fingers at us. Full screen yeah. 29, please. This is the foreign ministry's spokesperson. Uh, let's see. Since last year, the U.S. high-altitude balloons have undergone more than 10 illegal flights into Chinese airspace without the approval of the relevant Chinese departments. Quite frankly, I wouldn't mind if that were true. Um, but is it true? Uh, are we doing that? Should we be doing that? The answer is no. We're using other standoff reconnaissance capabilities. We are doing the full spectrum of electronic intelligence, uh, measurements intelligence, signals intelligence, and imagery intelligence. But we have better, I think, more persistent platforms than that. The Navy has been at the forefront of that. With that said, I think there are things which naturally happen. And to that point, Greg, uh, that's where I think Biden may be overreacting. They're legitimate uh, weather balloons, other uh, meteorological things which float up in the atmosphere. So uh, simply because something's up there doesn't mean it's U.S. technology or U.S. targeting. Mm. Same can be said by the, the Biden now overreaction trying to show great strength. Uh, that may be why the Pentagon's reluctant to talk about specific details of what they've shot down today. And I think that's something that people should be asking hard questions about. It'd be great if we had a leader right now, <laughs> a leader sure who would. was competent and confident and not afraid to talk to the people. It's amazing. Uh, sir, thank you so much for your, your insight. Uh, folks, we can find you, by the way. Uh, go to projectsentinel.net. Your Twitter is a piece of work, by the way. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I got it back finally. That's right. <laughs> just put it up on just, the screen. At yeah. T Spooky. With that's a right. lot of, yeah, there you go, with the underscores. Underscore, that's right. A very cool. Top T Spooky.
Very cool. Thank you, sir. We'll be right back. Thank you for your support, okay? We were deplatformed by DirecTV, and that's wrong. We think it happened because we're conservative, and they've done it before to another conservative network. Listen to this. A bad move by AT&T. Their stock has lost $10 billion in value after the Newsmax drop. They can, they can get all that money back, <laughs> uh, and they know what to do. All right, so if you want to support us, you can call these numbers or go to IWantNewsMax.com. Let them know how you feel. Even if you don't have an AT&T account or DirecTV, uh, you can still weigh in because this is a freedom of speech issue. By the way, a lot of folks have said goodbye to DirecTV in the most uh, awesome way. Throwing that dish right into the trash. Thank you, uh, Jim and uh Cora looks like she got rid of her uh, AT&T phones and the whole damn setup. Good for her. And another one. Oh, where where has this thing been put? I can't quite frankly in a ditch, <laughs> in a ditch down the road. All right. So thank you for that. And also, thank you for supporting my book. It's called Justice for All: How the Left Is Wrong About Law Enforcement. It's been out for just about a month now, and uh, it's very exciting. I feel very, very good about the content of this book. And people tell me they enjoy reading it. And it's got some great pictures as well. It's about this crazy moment we're in in terms of race, law enforcement, woke culture. I think you'll enjoy it.